Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady. Feel free to message me anytime on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady, or you can also reach me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. I read all of your messages and I love hearing from you, so never hesitate to reach out. I just wanted to say thank you for being here this week. I appreciate all of the support, all of the love, the feedback, the comments, uh, the questions. Thank you so much for all of those things. That's what helps me improve and helps me know what you all want to hear. And so thank you so much for all of that. Today, I wanted to, for some reason, the title of this episode just flew into my head. I wanted to call this episode, The Evolution of a Runner. And what that basically means to me, um, as you'll find out throughout this episode, is some of the things that I've learned along the way, some of the things I'm struggling with now that are telltale signs to me that I am a real runner. I hope it makes sense as as the episode goes along. So as a lot of you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I had a really awful run on Friday. So uh, I am training currently for the Lake Martin 50 mile. It's my first 50 mile race that I've ever done in my life. And I am super, super excited about it to be finally going after that distance. I'm also slightly terrified if I'm being completely honest, because it's a, to me, it's a lofty goal. You may or may not know that I started running when I was a couple weeks away from turning 44. At that point in my life, I was at a much lighter weight than I am now. I would say I was probably at least 50 pounds lighter than I am today. Um, And yet when I first started running, I was trying to lose 10 more pounds to get down to my quote unquote goal weight. There are a lot of things that have changed since that day. When I took that first step out the door, when I downloaded that app, and decided I was going to train for my first 5k or, you know, I never decided I was going to train for my first 5k. I decided I was going to attempt to train for my first 5k because at that point in my life, this was May of 2018. I honestly had no idea if I could do it or not. I didn't have any running experience, any any athletic experience, really. I had I had started hiking about a year before this point. I had started doing a lot of walking, so I knew I could walk and hike, but I had zero experience with anything athletic other than that, and none with running, except for, you know, when you're 10 years old in school and they tell you to run around the field four times or whatever. That's the only running that I had ever done, and running on the playground, chasing kids and whatever. That's it. So I really didn't set out to be a runner, and I never knew that almost six years down the line that I would still be running, let alone training for my first ever 50-mile race. And so it's kind of cool to think about because this May, I will be celebrating six years as a runner, and I just think that's so cool, and that's going to be a really fun milestone to celebrate when it gets here. This year, I also turned 50, and one of my goals was to run 50 miles for my 50th birthday, I started thinking about that a little bit more. And my birthday is actually July 18th. And I live in Arizona. Um, Not only that, but I live in the Phoenix area. So July 18th in the Phoenix area is probably going to be, you know, 115 degrees or something. And so (laughs) I really am not going to want to run 50 miles on my actual birthday. So 
we are compromising and attempting it March 16th in Alexander City, Alabama. So at Lake Martin, that's my that's my goal. Uh, so I wanted to talk about a few different things. I mentioned the terrible run that I had on Friday. So the goal the goal for Friday's run was basically supposed to be the longest run that I have left until Lake Martin. I have done longer runs in training for this race. I've done a few races in training for this race. Cold Water 60K was a training run for Lake Martin. Uh, Pass Mountain was probably the first long training run for, for Lake Martin. Um, I've been doing, you know, 20 mile long runs, 17, 15, all different, different lengths. And um, also, you know, in between some of these races I've done, I've had to recover from those races, from those long efforts while also still being in training mode for Lake Martin. So it's been a really interesting training cycle for me, just a lot different than anything else I've ever done before. Very different from marathon training, very different from just from a lot of the things that I've done in the past. And I've, I've absolutely enjoyed it and loved it. And it's been so fun and so eye-opening and so challenging. And honestly, I love it. But Friday was a struggle. And like I said, I've done longer runs than 17 miles. But for some reason on this day, on this particular day, I was really struggling. And I've learned that especially when you are running these longer distances and this this run was on the trail and i'm just gonna dive into this because i don't know just want to keep it real a lot of times my runs when my coach assigns me runs she doesn't say run this on the trail or run this on the road or run this on the treadmill she leaves that up to me but there are some runs and especially i am training for a 50 mile trail race where she will say 10 to 12 miles on trails, 16 to 18 miles on trails, 20 miles on trails. And she will specifically say, I want this one on trails, right? So that's what this 17 miles was. It was 16 to 18 miles on trails. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I knew where I was going to go. There is a loop out near my house. I live about 12 minutes away from the White Tank Mountain Regional Park beautiful, beautiful park in Waddell, Arizona. And I have a yearly pass that gets me into several other regional parks in the area. But this is the one I go to the most. I love it. It's beautiful. The wildflowers are getting ready to pop soon. And it's it's a beautiful time of year. Headed out there. They have a competitive track, which I used to be terrified to go on because to me, that sounded like a track track, you know? And I'm like, I'm not fast. I'm going to be in people's way. I'm not going to know which lane to get in. It's nothing like that. It is basically just another trail, but this trail has everything. It has some flats, it has some easy climbs, it has some terrible climbs, it has some technical stuff, it has single track, it has the wider kind of gravelly type stuff. It has a little bit of everything. It has really rocky stuff and it's a really good, to me, it's it's always hard. And so to me, it's a really good place to train. So when I have a really long run and it has to be on the trails, I'll typically head to this competitive track. It's six and a half miles if you do the whole loop, or it's seven miles if you add in the technical section. So Friday, I decided to go ahead and head out for the whole loop um, with the technical section, and that was seven miles. I think it took me a little bit over two hours or two and a half hours. I can't remember. 
my goal was to shoot for 20 minute miles, but I knew that right off the bat that I wasn't hitting that goal at that point in the, in the run. And I was feeling like I couldn't move any faster. And I was doing an awful lot of hiking and an awful lot of walking, even on this stuff that seemed kind of flat. I was just really having a hard time moving. And part of me started thinking, well, Michelle, you're, you're fat. Like you're really big. You're really overweight. You weigh a lot. And if you're like me, you took physics when you were in school and we all learned that it takes more, um, what would we say? It takes more effort to move a larger body in that sense. I, the way I was thinking about it this morning was I'm stay, if I was standing on the top of the hill and I had a little bitty marble, you know, or a little bitty pebble or whatever. And then I had this huge boulder, which one would I have an easier time rolling down the mountain? Well, obviously the little pebble, right? And which one would get to the bottom first? The little pebble probably, you know, and which one would be going faster? Probably the little pebble. Uh, And which one would be harder to stop at the bottom of the hill? The big boulder. And so I was thinking about that, that basically I'm the big boulder and it takes me a bit to get going. And when I start a run, it doesn't matter if it's a short run, a long run, a speed run, whatever. I always walk for five minutes because I feel like it gives my body a chance to kind of figure out, oh, hey, I'm outside. I'm I'm on a run or I'm getting ready to do some some put some work in and my body needs a chance to kind of wake up and realize what's going to be happening to it soon. <laughs> so I always walk for a solid five minutes. But when I was heading out on the on the trail Friday, that five minutes just stretched to 10 minutes. And it was like, I still don't feel like I can really run yet. And so I gave myself time. I gave myself grace. And I, then I started running when I was able to, but it never felt easy. When I'm doing long runs like this, especially if anything over two hours, typically, I will fuel every 30 minutes. And I I want to have a disclaimer here that please don't do what I'm doing in that sense without researching yourself. What works for me fuel-wise may not work for you. And it's really something that you have to play with yourself. You have to practice on your long runs, try different options, maybe solid food. Maybe you don't do solid food well. Maybe you need to have liquid calories, experiment with how many grams of carbs you need an hour. You need to figure that out for yourself. But I'm going to go ahead and share what I did on this run just to kind of put everything in context because it's part of the story. So on these kind of long runs, and I've been doing this for the last few months, this is my strategy. I started this pretty much at Pass Mountain in November. Every 30 minutes, I will take a pack of fruit snacks and, you know, Mott's brand, whatever brand, great value brand, Welch's, whatever. And it's just a little square package of fruit snacks. There's probably like 10 in there. And I will eat that my watch beeps at me every 30 minutes. And so when the 30 minutes, you know, the nutrition fueling reminder pops up on my phone, I'll down a pack of fruit snacks and keep going on my way. Well, every time the hour mark hits, then, so I know on the 30 minute, 30, half hour, I will do the fruit snacks. Every time it hits the top of the hour, I will do something called glucose. It's G-L-U-K-O-S. They are packets. They look like a goo packet or like a spring energy gel packet or something like that. The difference is that it's, it's absolute liquid. 
there's no gooey anything. It, it's it's basically like you rip off the tab and drink it down and it tastes like fruit juice, like fruit punch. That's the flavor that I, I get. So that is how I feel myself every 30 minutes alternating between those two things for the entirety of my run. The run on sat on Friday, my 17 miles took me, it took me almost eight hours, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, but that's just how long it took. Every half hour I was taking something in and yet it felt like I just still had no energy. And I even found myself hungry. And part of me was like, well, duh, Michelle, you're out here for seven, eight hours and all you're eating is fruit snacks and fruit punch. You're going to be hungry. But then on the other hand, it's like, I, I also had tailwind in two soft flasks on the front of my vest. So tailwind is liquid calories and it's got carbohydrates. It's got electrolytes in there. And I sip on that throughout the run as well. And so that does give me carbs and it's supposed to give me energy. And then also the fruit snacks and the glucose. So I thought this should all even out to be enough, you know, but I still on, on this run that I did on Friday and on the, the previous couple of runs on the last race, I think cold water, I at Mesa half marathon, I recently did it a couple of weeks ago. I get to the point where I'm hungry in the middle of the run. And I just know that when you feel that hunger, when you're out there, it's, it's really hard to bring yourself back from, from that feeling and, and to feel like you, you have enough energy and stamina to keep going. And so I feel like that's part of my problem on Friday with these 17 miles is I, I just got to the point where I was like, I don't have energy to, to keep going. Like, I just feel like I just, I I'm out for a stroll. Like I'm out for a walk. I was walking way more than I wanted to. I was hiking way more than I wanted to. And it was really bringing me down. So there is a, a pretty steep little climb about a mile away from the trailhead. I always dread that climb for some reason, but, but I, I got to the top of that climb and then there's a big rock right there. Funny, right? Figures sat on that rock, which I've never done before. And I knew that I was nine miles in because I did this seven mile loop. And then there is a, I don't know, I call it a 5k loop, but it's really not even three miles. And so I was going to be at 10 miles by the time I reached my car for the second time. So I'm sitting on this rock. I'm at nine miles. I know I'm a mile away from my car, pulled out my phone, texted my coach. And I said, I'm four hours in and only at nine miles. I'm better than this, but I'm struggling today. No reason really. Should I keep going? I'm a mile away from my car. And she said, you are strong, Michelle. You're enough no matter what. Do what's best for you. You don't need my permission. And she said, you're not bothering me. These runs are supposed to be fun. Forget the distractions and everything else and just enjoy being out there. And so I felt like I kind of felt bad for contacting her, honestly, because she was on her way to Copper Corridor in Superior, Arizona. She was going to be running a 50K the next day. And I wasn't really thinking about the fact that she's preparing for her own race, but yet I felt like I needed some help too. And I basically sat on this rock and had like a pity party. 
And someone had responded in the comments after I posted about this run. They're like, oh, well, there is no bad runs or there is no terrible run. But I guess in that sense, you know, if you're out running, that's not terrible. But I do still stand by my statement that this was a terrible run. It felt really terrible. And I basically sat there and I didn't cry, I don't think, but I just felt like about ready to because I was just like, why am I out here? And I, I remember texting my husband and I said, I'm sick of this. Like, I'm sick of it. I'm four hours in. I'm only nine miles. I'm, I'm only at nine miles. I've got almost half to go. And at this rate, it's going to take me another four hours. I mean, this is ridiculous. And I'm, I am sick of it. And he's like, what's your mantra? And I said, take one more step. And he's like, okay, you know, thumbs up, whatever. And, and I'm sitting on this rock and like I said, feeling sorry for myself and I'm debating, do I go ahead and just take the mile back to my car and drive home? Because I totally could and I could totally justify it. And I, I, if I posted about it on, on my Instagram page, I feel like a lot of you would have been like, oh, you know, we support you. You made the right call, whatever. My coach would have been fine with it. I think she would have been like, you know, Michelle, you know, your body, you made the right call, no guilt, whatever. But I also thought about myself. I thought, how would I feel? How will I feel if I don't finish? There is no reason for me to not finish. Nothing's broken. I'm not puking. I'm not dying. Um, I'm not injured. I'm not sick. I'm just having a tough time today. And how many times have I been in this exact same spot? Okay too many to count, like too many to even remember right now. And I've only been running ultras for a little over a year, you know, so, and already too many times to count, you know what I'm saying? And so I've been here before. And yet somehow when you're in the middle of that pity party and you're, <laughs> it's like, you still, I still don't know what to do. And I'm still like, it's all brand new. Like, oh no, I, I finally was able to think, okay, Michelle, how are you going to feel if you get in your car and drive home. You'll still have had 10 miles out on the trails. That's pretty awesome. But the bigger part of me was you absolutely know that you can get up and take another step and then take another step. And it's not going to be easy, but you can absolutely get 17 miles in. Your husband knows where you are. The kids are taken care of. Everything's good. There's nothing to stress about. You don't have to worry about anything right now except for finishing this run, you have the opportunity to finish this run, get up and do it. And so I stood up and I took a step and then another one. And then another one, I reached my car a mile later and I just, I stopped for the briefest of times. I didn't stop to go to the bathroom or anything. I just grabbed some more water, another pack of tailwind, filled up my flask, made sure that I had everything I needed and then headed out on that seven mile loop again, because I knew that I would be at 17 miles when I finished. And I knew that if I started on that loop, it's one direction. So you have to go, it's a one way loop. So you are not supposed to do out and back. If you get on that loop, you need to finish the whole loop. And so I'm like, okay, once I start this loop, I'm finishing it. There's no going back. And that's what I did. And I just took another step and it was not easy. It actually was really hard. And I did actually end up 
Um, when I reached the technical section of that trail again, I did find another place to sit down and sit for a few minutes, turn off my audiobook, look around, listen to nature, enjoy the day because I'm like, you know what? This right here is a privilege. I'm really struggling. I'm really having a very difficult run, but look where I'm at. Like I'm surrounded by all this gorgeous scenery. You know, the wildflowers are starting to pop up out here where I live. There's birds chirping and there are lizards running around. Beautiful day. Sky was beautiful. The temperature was nice. And I was like, you know what? I can sit here today. I can sit here today. This is a training run. I'm not getting paid to do this. I can sit here for a few minutes and enjoy the day. And I did it. And I sat there for a few minutes. And then I got up and I took another step. And I took another step and another step and made it all the way back to my car, 17 miles. And I would say that I probably walk slash hiked the vast majority of that 17 miles. I probably only got a couple of miles of actual good running in, but the time on my feet was invaluable and the mental grit that I learned from that training run was invaluable. And it just proved to me one more time that I, I can actually keep going when I don't think I can. Like I can push through when I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? And my feet were hurting and I, I had a new pack on that I was kind of uncertain about. And I had some aches and some things going down, but nothing major, nothing that would have caused me to have to stop. When you are going to be running these long distances, it's a given that there will be discomfort at some point during the race, if not at multiple points during the race, you're going to hit some low spots, you're going to hit some emotional low spots, but you're also probably going to have some, some aches, you know, there's going to be, you might hit the pain cave, you're going to be, be in some places where this doesn't maybe feel fun at this moment, but you, you find in yourself a little bit more grit, if you dig a little bit deeper, and you realize that you actually can keep going. So I am glad that I pushed through, even though it was a terrible, awful run in the sense that it was not even close to the pace I wanted it to be. It took longer than I expected. It was a lot less fun <laughs> than I'm used to having on the trails. I learned so much from it and I feel like I gained a great deal of mental fortitude, you know, and that I needed. And and I think that's just right there. That's, that was just worth, that was worth it. Yeah. So no regrets about pushing through on my 17 mile run. No regrets at all. I'm really glad that I, that I kept going. Uh, I mentioned that, that my weight is still coming to mind from time to time. And I, I feel like I have improved so much in this area. So the name, this name, the name of this episode is the evolution of a runner. Okay. We're talking, I'm talking about myself, the evolution of me as a runner. And when I first started running, as I mentioned earlier, I was focused on my weight. I was focused on restricting my eating and I wanted to reach a certain goal. And I reached that weight goal by my, by the time I ran my ever first, first ever half marathon, I was at my goal weight. I accomplished that by eating on a very restricted schedule and a very restricted meal plan very restrictive. I ate the same thing pretty much for 
lunch and dinner every day for 30 days. Same thing for breakfast every day for 30 days. And I was able to get those last 10 pounds off. Um, but that goal weight, I stayed there for about a day, maybe a day and a half. And then as I got off of that restrictive plan, started weighing more again and also started getting into longer distances and started training for my first marathon. And by the time I ran my first marathon a year later, I was, I would say significantly heavier, maybe 20 pounds more. And then by the time I ran my first ultra marathon last January, not last January, January, 2023, I was basically the same weight that I am today. And which is an arbitrary number because I, I don't weigh myself. So I'm just going according to clothing sizes and things like that. There are still moments that I, I question whether I could be a better runner if I weighed less. And I know I've read all the things that you probably have read as well that say, well, heavier runners can still run fast and, and it's been proven and look, take these two runners and look at their times and, and you know, this and this and whatever, and losing weight will not automatically make you faster you know, you can be slow and be thin and you can be slow and be small and you can be slow and be a short person and be fast and be a tall person. There's all these different factors, you know, for speed and stuff. But to me, I feel like it does take more to get my size going than it does a smaller person. And so I keep wondering, will I, would I feel better if I were to drop some weight and, and then continue training? So here's kind of the conundrum with that whole situation. And, and I've talked about some of this before, but this is just where I'm at. So I'm just sharing it. This is all part of the evolution of a runner process as well. Part of me knows that I can't train at the level that I'm training at now. If I were on a, if I were eating at a calorie deficit and I've, I've tried looking into that and I've talked to a few different sports dietitians and absolutely gotten the kibosh that no, you're, you're not going to be training for an ultra and restricting your calories. Like, no, that's not okay. But I also know that in that same area, I could eat healthier and I could make better choices in what I eat. So I, I feel like I can maybe find some middle ground, but I also have such a struggle with that mentally. The reason I have such a struggle with just the whole idea of losing weight is because of the years of yo-yo dieting that I did in the past. And because at, by the time that I started really realizing that I had a problem with food and with, it was never a full-fledged eating disorder. I like to call it disordered eating because I, I did have disordered eating. There were things that I would allow myself to eat for fear that I would eat 20 of them. They were just, in my mind, bad foods, and I should not eat them. I've had to unlearn a lot of that stuff and realize that food doesn't have a moral value, uh, but, you know, everything in moderation, whatever. But that's really hard when you you are used to not eating those things. Suddenly, you decide you're not going to diet anymore, and this whole world of food opens up. And it's okay for you to have a donut and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, then it's also okay for you to have a piece of cheesecake. And then it's also okay for you to have a piece of pizza. And pretty soon I was eating these things that 
that I hadn't allowed myself to have. And you know what I'm saying? And so it's just this whole issue that's so much more about the, it's, it's about so much more than just the actual food itself. It's such a emotional thing for me. And so I have had to really work through all of this. I, I got to the point where I was obsessed with food. I was obsessed with not with food, like not with shoveling it in my mouth, but obsessed with more of the idea of if I eat this today, will I, will the scale go up tomorrow? If I stay away from that today, will the scale go down half a pound tomorrow? And it was like my worth as a person was dependent on what my scale weight was. And I would obsess from the time that my eyes opened every morning until the time that I got in bed at night, all through the day, whether I was fixing breakfast, lunch, or dinner for the kids, taking them to school, you know, changing diapers, whatever I was doing, it got to the point where I was obsessed with this and it was starting to take over my whole life and over everything else. And I finally got to the point where I just said no more, like no more. And I put the scale away and I just, I'm not weighing myself anymore. I will eat until I'm not hungry, you know, and not, I will eat until I'm not, you know, I also don't want to be feel full either, but I also don't want to leave the table and still be starving. And so I've, you know, had to work through all of those things. I'm still not the best at it. So I guess I say all that to tell you that whereas part of me realizes I probably could get faster if I drop some pounds, I'm terrified to go on a diet again and to restrict my calories again. I'm terrified of even purposely and intentionally eating certain things and not eating certain things because I'm afraid that that's going to cause me to kind of go into this spiral again where I'm obsessed with, with, with calories again and with weighing myself again and all of that. And so I feel like almost for me, I would have to quit running, go on this diet, lose all this weight, and then take up running again. And I feel like what would happen is I, for one thing, I would go insane if I had to quit running, I think, you know what I mean? I mean, I would, if I had to do it, that's okay and whatever, but I'm saying if I, if I did it to myself and nope, you're not running because you're going to be on a diet, I don't even know if I could do it. But the other thing is, the other side of it is, let's say I did lose all the weight and I lost 80 pounds or whatever, start running again, start training again. Who's to say that I wouldn't gain all the weight back again and and be exactly where I'm at today again. And so then I've lost that, that year of training or those months of training or whatever that time frame would be. And then I'm just back where I am today. So this is all stuff going through my mind. And I know it sounds probably so dumb to a lot of you, but this is real life. And this is this is where I'm at. I, I don't want to go on a diet just from heart to heart talk here. I don't want to go on a diet. I, I, I don't ever want to go on another diet again. But I also have just lately been wondering if, if I'm sluggish because of my size. Of course, there is another factor that has nothing to do with my weight. I have been training hard since last summer. And well, I've been training for years, but I'm saying this year, this year, starting in January of 2023, from then until now, I've run three ultra marathons and 
two of those were just a couple of months apart. So Pass Mountain in November, Cold Water in January, and then I'm running Lake Martin 50 miler in March. That's close together for me. And something that I haven't done before that much mileage and especially that close together. And so my body hasn't done this before. And so maybe it's just cumulative, you know, and fatigue and, and trying to manage it all and figuring everything out. And maybe it's completely normal to feel sluggish at this point in training. I'm a, I've had to try to figure out how to train and recover from races while still training for another race. And, and that has not been easy, but I don't regret any of it. Let me just say that it's been awesome and super fun and I'm super excited, but I think that maybe that could also be part of what I'm feeling. I think it could be any of those things. And it's just, it's just really hard to know, but I know that training for anything and, and chasing your goals is, it's going to be hard. I mean, it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be a cakewalk. And so I don't expect it to be. So these are just some of the hiccups and things that I've been facing this time around. And I felt like I want to share with, with you in case maybe you've been feeling this way. Maybe you're starting to feel a little bit burnout in your training, or maybe you're starting to feel like maybe you're not good enough or you're not really a runner or whatever. Just know that we all have difficult times and we all struggle and we all have bad runs. And, and I think we all, at least I I hope so (laughs) get to a point in training where we're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for taper. I, I know that's how I'm feeling today. I'm like, thank God that it's taper time because I'm ready for it. I've worked really hard up till this point and I put in a lot of miles and I'm ready to taper. So this week, I think I have 10 miles, 10 or 11 miles, and then I have seven miles and then I have 50. And so I'm ready. That's kind of where I'm at with how I feel. I just, there's part of, part of me that wonders if I'm just not fueling properly. A couple of weeks ago, my coach had mentioned something about looking into the grams of carbohydrates in the fruit snacks and in the glucose and in the tailwind to just make sure that I'm not getting too much of, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but if you get too much sugar or whatever, it can also make you sluggish and so, and make you crash. And so maybe I'm dealing with some of that and I just need to switch up what fuels I'm using and maybe I'll feel way better. I mean, your fueling can make or break a run, right? So there's that. And then also, I I don't know. I just, I don't want to get to a place where I get to this body that I want to have and then I can't run ultras anymore, you know? So, um, that's kind of what's going on with my training right now. So Lake Martin is less than three weeks and looking forward to that. I, I feel like I've been more, it's been kind of stressful because on top of the actual, the training that I'm putting in every day, uh, I feel like I'm less focused on like the actual, how, what actual race day is going to be like than I am on how the logistics of getting to the race because I'm in Arizona, the race is in Alabama. I'm flying across country by myself. I have a layover. I need to pack stuff. I need to get a rental car, a hotel room. I'm nervous about the logistics and just getting there. And also I'm just going to throw this in the middle. This episode is all over the place, you guys. I'm sorry. But there was a post by Callie Vinson recently, a couple of days ago, and it was it's the the reel showed her sitting in an airplane seat and she was in the middle seat in the row. 
And basically the post talked about how the guy she was sitting next to said, isn't this nice that we all fit in our seats and that we don't have to sit by people that don't fit in their seats. And it, it just caused this whole host of comments. And of course she, that made her angry. And Callie was like, oh my goodness, this guy's a jerk or whatever, you know. And then the comment section were people saying how flying makes them nervous and they hope for an end seat or a window seat so that they don't spill over onto anybody else. And, and I was just thinking, oh man, I was already nervous. I was already stressed about this trip and now I'm flying alone. So I'm probably going to be sitting in a middle seat between people and I'm not going to get an ideal seat because I'm by myself. And so when I flew to Chicago in 2022, I don't remember spilling out of my seat and I'm roughly the same size as I was then, but my husband was next to me every time. And I'm like, what if I was spilling out and I just didn't know because I was touching my husband, you know what I'm saying? And what if I am that person that no one wants to sit next to on a flight because I'm spilling out of my seat. And so that just added kind of another layer of stress. But so there's that, there's the stress of the logistics of getting to Lake Martin, but there's also my daughter's wedding is May 25th and I am making her wedding dress and which I know what she wants, but I, I have to kind of piece together. I'm using the top of one pattern sort of, but adapting that. And then I'm making the skirt a different way and making the pattern for that myself and adding stuff and, you know, making the train this way and doing different things. And that takes a lot of, you know, of, it can be stressful because I get one shot at making this dress and I want it to be perfect for her. I want it to be exactly right. Right. So there's that. And there's, I feel like I'm going to order the fabric for that dress today. And once the fabric is ordered, that will be a load off my shoulders. There's also um, other stuff. We're still not hundred percent sure on the food for the reception. We are, the dresses for the bridesmaids have all been ordered, but when they come back, there is still some significant alterations that I'm going to need to do on those. My dress is picked out for, the, you know, my mother, the bride dress, but it is also going to need some alterations when I get it. It's not ordered yet. I am going to look like a, a walking, I don't know what. I just, I, I'm like, can I wear black? And she's like, no, mom, you can't wear black to a wedding. That's like, that just wouldn't look good. And I'm like, I think it's okay. Like nowadays anything goes, you know, but she said no, unfortunately. So I'm wearing a color that's not black that I never wear. And I don't even know, guys, I'm willing to do whatever for my daughter. <laughs> yeah, I just don't even know. So th these are all things that have been stressing me out. So there, there is, there's the wedding. And then there's two graduations too. My children are graduating as well in May. The wedding is in May. Lake Martin is in March in less than three weeks. So I've been training for this, trying to get all ready for it, trying to get everything ready for the wedding. All of this stuff, like sometimes I wake up in the morning and it's the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, add this to the Lake Martin list. Or what if you're too fat for the airplane seat? Or you need to order Madison's fabric or what if you alter the dresses and they're ugly? What if you look like a big giant pig walking down the aisle? You know what I'm saying? All this stuff, it just comes to my mind and it it's enough to like make you crazy, you know? So that is kind of all of the stuff that has been going through my head. Someone mentioned the other day that, so I posted on Instagram my thoughts when I was sitting on the rock at the top of this climb that I told you about when I was nine miles into this 17 mile terrible run, right? I posted 
kind of my thoughts while I was sitting there. And someone had asked, well, why are you feeling like this? Like what's changed to make you feel this way? And why are you like so down in the dumps? And so all I can say is if, if you are also asking yourself that question, I just kind of want to share a little bit that it's very normal to have lows when you are running. It's very normal, especially in the world of, I would say, especially in the world of ultra running, at least it's been true for me. I will find myself having lows. Usually they're on race day, but I will find myself having lows. And when you have those kinds of lows during a training run, it's really, really good practice for race day because you will find yourself having a difficult time on race day. Most likely you will probably hit a low. If you're out there long enough, if you're running a long enough distance, you will probably hit a low at some point, an emotional low. And I'm not talking about hitting the wall, like during a marathon, I'm talking about an emotional low spot where you're like, why am I out here? What am I doing? This is stupid, whatever. Everyone else is in bed. It's the middle of the night and I still have 25 miles to go or whatever. It's normal. It's normal to find yourself in a low spot. And I think that's kind of the beauty of, of the sport. There's always room for us to grow as runners. And if you're someone that has been training for, let's say half marathons and, and that's what you know, and that's what you love and that's what you do. I think that you can expect to have a different experience if you start training for a fast 5k and that's what your focus is on. I think you're going to have different struggles than you have when you're training for, you know, than you do when you're doing your half marathon training. I think the same can be said for somebody that is training for ultra marathons. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when I start training for my hundred mile race that I'm planning to do in December. I am expecting to have some low times, let me tell you. <laughs> And so I just, I just think that that's part of the beauty of the sport is that, you know, I could decide that next year I want to chase a fast 5k and my training would look completely different than it is today, but I would still be a runner and I would still be growing and still learning and you speed demons and people that love the shorter distances, you could decide next year, Hey, I want to be an ultra runner and you could go out there and hit the trails and start doing these really long, long runs, and you would be learning things that you've never learned before and probably sitting on a rock somewhere having a low moment too. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, to me, it's a beautiful thing and, and life is beautiful and it's, it's a privilege to get to experience the highs, but it's also a privilege to get to experience the lows because that means you're alive and that means that you, that you get an opportunity to get better and an opportunity to improve. And so I think that that's all just, just really amazing. So as far as the evolution of a runner theme, I just am thankful as I look back from the day that I started running in May of 2018, when I could literally jog for 15 seconds at a time. And that was very difficult. I had to walk about three minutes after that before I could jog for another 15 seconds. And I had to cap it at about 10 minutes. Coming from that place to where I was able to find myself sitting on a rock at nine miles into a, a difficult trail run and slog out eight more miles and finish and getting being at the point where I'm getting ready to run my first ever 50 mile race. That process has been 
a beautiful process. It's been a messy process. It's been ugly in a lot of ways. But I think all of the ugliness and the low points and the things that I've had to learn and the tears and the pain and the mental low stuff that I've had to go through, I think all of that has made me into the runner that I am today. And not that I am an amazing runner, not that I'm talented, I'm absolutely not. But I have come from that place of where I couldn't run for more than 15 seconds to where I can go out and cover, you know, hopefully, Lord willing, if the creek don't rise 50 miles in a couple of weeks. And I think that that is just such a privilege and so amazing. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for a healthy body and for strength. And even though I look like I do and I'm not a typical runner's body and I'm not svelte and slim and gorgeous, I can do hard things. And, and that's, that's just really a blessing and something that we should be so thankful for and, and blessed to be able to, to go out and do these things. And so I hope that you're, you have evolved as a, I know you've evolved as a runner. I know you have, we all do. And yours, your journey might look a little bit different than mine. And I know mine looks different than yours, but there's nothing wrong with that. And like I said, it's just a privilege to be out there doing this thing that we love so much. I hope something that I said in today's episode resonated with you. I am currently dealing with some shoulder pain today and I don't know what it's from. All I can think of is a couple weeks ago, I did some assisted pull-ups and I probably had the weight not quite right. My right shoulder has always been weaker than my left. So I don't know, but it was just hard to sleep last night because my shoulder was aching. It's like, am I getting old and achy, whatever? And I don't have a gallbladder. I had gallbladder surgery back in 2015. I did a boo-boo last night and ate pizza rolls. And at the risk of TMI, I have had to be close to a bathroom today because pizza rolls contain more fat than I should be eating um, without a gallbladder. And I have struggled today. So I still need to get my run in. Not 100% sure what that's going to look like today. It's supposed to be three to five miles at an easy pace. So we will see. I hope that you are able to take some nugget of goodness from this episode today. Thank you again for tuning in and for being here. I hope that you have an awesome run, a fun run, and that you remember that you are worthy to show up at those start lines. You are worthy to be out there on the trails, on the roads, on the track, on the treadmills. You are worthy and you deserve to be there just as much as anybody else does. I don't care what size you are, what pace you are, you are worthy. And if you run, you're a runner and you don't ever have to set foot at a start line. You don't ever have to do a race. You're, you have the privilege of running your way and this is supposed to be fun. So keep that in mind. Love you all. And I hope that you'll join me next week. Thank you so much for listening.